Right, welcome back to the podcast. Hopefully you guys listened to part one with Megan and Jake and are tuning into part two. If not, I highly recommend you go back to part one so you know what's going on. We are going to jump right in, starting with listener questions. So here we go. Okay, so I put a little question thing on Instagram and I got a couple people asking questions for you guys. So Fiona wants to know, what do you want Broadway to look like after the pandemic? Black. Yeah. I want to see diversity behind the table, especially Mm -hmm. in our stage management. Fair. Yes. Um, I want to see an HR department. Right, which is so hard. I don't know how they would do it. I don't either, but I want one to exist. Right, Kayla, it's so weird. The way our job works is, like, we don't really have an HR, and our HR is also our stage manager, kind of. And our stage manager is good at so many things, but, like, an HR is not always their strong suit. Right. Well, just structurally, it doesn't make sense because they're inside of the structural pyramid. We need somebody outside of it. Right. And so I'm sure that the union is talking about stuff, but it's even hard to go through union stuff of, like, even before, like, sexual harassment stuff is really, yeah. really hard to report and track. Interesting. Yeah. I like, didn't know that. Because, like, someone be fired from your job, and then maybe that producer won't rehire them, but, like, they could just literally go anywhere else, and they don't right. talk to each other, you know? Yeah. So, so. yeah, so I, we need, we need like, serious overhaul with the people in charge, the higher-ups, behind the, those behind the table. We need, like, true equality in representation, not just, like, a black person, an Asian person, a queer person. We need, like, like a large percentage of new voices that are making the decisions. Um, because- I think it's the only way for Broadway to, like, join 2021, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and, like- and the kind of the go-to as the way they, they've solved it is, you know, shut up, I'm a white man, I know that. But, like, we, we like... Is to diversify the cast, the part right. of the of the company that is seen by the public. But if 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 it's a diverse cast inside of a white male building, it's still a white male building. It's a white right. table, and it's also like we've had some meetings with like company with our company and stuff, and just about how like just because you've made a space for like one token person, if you don't make that space hospitable and, like, open to um, critique, then you're not really making space for them. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, if you want to have one black person in your show just to show to your the people with the money that you have diversity, but then you don't listen to anything that that person says, especially when it comes to, like, their own lived experiences, then you're not really being inclusive. Yeah. Which I think is, like, we have maybe, like, inched towards just, like, having the very surface level kind of inclusion but that's really not enough yeah Um, yeah i think it's been really interesting to follow um are are you i don't know him but i've just been following cody renard do you know him? yeah not personally but i'm a fan yeah i'm just a fan he is like he's one of the only black stage managers in our industry i don't know any other ones but he's been doing like really amazing things to also help like nurture talent Mm -hmm. too because the thing is like People come from white institutions to be stage managers, like the, the pipeline all the way 
all the way at the bottom is just feeding from very white places and white spaces. Yes. And so like it starts with like nurturing young people to be like, Hey, I know you don't see it now, but like you can be a stage manager. You can be a theater producer and there's yeah. places for you to do all those things. And it Absolutely. starts just like from the bottom. And it also starts like in casting too of like, you know, I think casting directors have been talking about how they're not going to do unpaid casting internships anymore because that's something that a lot of, you know, people can't afford to do. And so, like, yeah. then you can't be a casting director unless you can afford to work for free for six months. Right. So that puts, a, that puts another barrier that maybe unintentionally kept out a lot of people of color or people from marginalized communities from being able to get into, through that gate. Um, so yeah. I, think, I think that there, I mean, we've had a, almost a full year now to, like, sit here and start thinking about how we can make it better. But I'm hoping that they take this thing seriously and want to tell people within that community I, i've seen stuff from casting directors about being more inclusive and um that makes me excited too absolutely i feel like casting is very white as well yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. there's some really awesome groups that have been gotten a lot of um traction in these last year or so um broadway advocacy coalition mm-hmm. um and Broadway for Racial Justice, two are two that come to mind. I, I've really loved learning from them and seeing that the amazing work that they're doing. These are like BIPOC-led, run, organized organizations working for these changes. Um, and they've got the vision and they've got the passion and it's really cool to see what they're doing and it's really brave too. Yeah. I think that um, one of the things that maybe was like a barrier for us, but hopefully we we stay brave, is that like I barely even felt like I was able to advocate for my own self. And so like if I would see or hear something that like maybe was a little off or like if a person came to you and like told you something bad that happened, like I wouldn't know how to talk to a director or like I would be like, I don't know how to help this person because if that happened to me, I wouldn't even know what to do. Right. You know, and I think that people were, because there is such a, a a ladder of like, as an actor, you're at the front, you're on the front, but you're also at the bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Front and, and the bottom, totally. The front and the bottom. And so like, your opinions on artistic things that happen in the show, like, they many times are not taken very seriously. And when that happens, especially like when there's racial things happening in the script and you have a fully white production team, creative team, and you have people of color in the company being like, hey, or one person even being like, hey, this makes me uncomfortable. Then I should be like, sorry, just that's your job. <laughs> you know? And that's how, I think that, that used to be like, okay. And now I think we're going to find that, that that's not okay. Yeah. Hopefully. And, and it's not and even I'll about like, I'll have your back when you say it. Or I'll feel like I'm in a place where I can say it. Mm-hmm. I, I, and it's so much more than just like educating and waking up everyone white like myself, because that's actually not going to solve the problem if we just like get all of the people who are already in those positions racially trained and educated, right? Because you can't, it's not like these. I, I imagine a lot of these people, I think about this myself, I'm like, I'm not an actively racist person. Like, I don't, I'm not cho- choosing to ignore POC voices or experiences. 
I just have never had to know them or see them because it's not my lived experience. So it's the lived experience thing. You cannot replicate that with a white body. You just can't. And so like, that's why we, it has to be so much more than education. That's part of it. But the real change is going to be once we actually have those bodies in there that can speak from true lived experience. I think I said lived experience 12 times. But I think it's important. (laughs) It's important. It's very important. Yeah. So we'll see how Broadway goes. Yeah. But there has been some really cool conversations. Like, like Mm -hmm. in our companies, we've had some cool like Zoom meetings with some professionals trying to air some out, some grievances (laughs) out. And hopefully that leads to some lasting changes. I I can't wait to see it sometime. Hopefully soon. Yes. (laughs) Um, Let's see. My friend Laura is wondering, what was life like after college for you? I loved it. Honestly, college sucks. I hated college. I agree. (laughs) Except for being friends with me. Except for being friends with Jacob Swain. Um, I would say college was so hard because, first of all, I, I, I don't know how everyone else's major is, but like we just were on campus for so many hours. Like our, we took a lot of credits, but then also those credits would be like, you had a half credit for doing three hours of jazz a week. And you're like, cool, I had 21 <laughs> credits this semester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just thought I was on campus from like 7 a.m. sometimes until like 5 and then would go eat dinner and then come back and do a rehearsal and then wake up at 4 a.m. to drive a van to the airport to make 7.25 an hour. And I just felt like I, like, didn't sleep. I was always stressed out. And I also feel like I had a chip on my shoulder a little bit because, like, I felt like, first of all, some of my our faculty, I just felt like they wanted me to be something that I wasn't. And also that maybe a lot of them just, like, didn't believe that I was talented. Mm. And I have, Jake, you know, my, my mental problems are hilarious and actually I don't think of them as problems I always thought I was good absolutely I really don't have issues with, with confidence but I was just like why is everyone else insane here why does no one think me that I am a star how come they choose Phantom of the Opera as our senior musical when I cannot be in it there's no role for me in Phantom of the Opera why do they do that um so I feel like I was like, I just have to get out of here. I just have to get to New York where, like, someone could plausibly do something that I could be in. Because, like, honestly, Jake, I, I actually, Phantom of the Opera wasn't my, was that Marcy? No. Uh, uh, no. Rebecca and Michael Byrne. Uh, uh, Light in the Piazza. Light in the Piazza. Yeah. And I was like, who was I going to be in Light in the Piazza? Literally no one. Mm-hmm. And then, like, all the other musicals. Actually, I think Phantom, honestly, maybe they did Phantom of the Opera while I was there. I know I saw it. Yeah, they did. Phantom was 20... 20- but- was, that was our YA year. Oh, we were on YA's. Right. I also was like, what am I supposed to be? Like, all the musicals they chose, there was just, like, no role plausibly for me to be in. And so I felt just, it was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, like, do more than just this because I feel like I know I'm good enough. I'm working hard. I don't sleep, though. I feel angry all the time. But then I moved to New York, and I got one job. And then I auditioned. And I worked 20 hours a week at Bloomingdale's. I made so much money where I could, like, pay all my bills working 20 hours a week and then be, like, available to audition and then sleep eight hours a night. It was so great. I only eight had, like, hours was such a luxury. Wow. It was such a luxury. I just, like, was not sleeping in college. <laughs> yeah. 
The amount of 4 a.m. shuttle buses that I drove to the airport. I forgot you had that job. So sad. Oh, my God. It's so sad. And I'm just going to say this about the minimum wage. I was making $7.25 almost 10 years ago. That's a long time ago. I don't want to say how old I am, but I am old. It wasn't even a living wage then. Right. (laughs) In Utah. In Utah, which is like, I was like, I get my paycheck for like seventy five dollars. I'm like, did I do anything this week? I paid taxes on this. Like, what? It's ridiculous. Um, but I love life after college. You only have like one or two jobs at any given time, which I think is great. <laughs> Maybe I've had, not. I've hard. had like, right. There's been some times I've had some big hustles post college. <laughs> college was interesting for me. It was very. It was. It was different than Megan's experience. Again, I was acting, not musical theater. So I, I had a lot of opportunities. Like I, I did. I didn't do any musicals at BYU. I just did plays, um, and I did so many plays, and they were so amazing. I got to do so many different things and different kinds of roles and classic pieces and more and modern pieces. And it was just like I loved that part of college so much. I loved class. I was, you know, similar to Megan, so busy and so sleep deprived and all those things. But I was also a closeted queer man going to a, going to a college where I couldn't be who I was or even acknowledge who I was fully. Um, and that caused a lot. And that was really hard. It was really hard to be in college where most people in the world are exploring all parts of themselves and, and, and just hating and hiding that part of myself. Um, again, I loved my time in college. I thought in general, but the longer and longer I've been out of it, I've been able to dismantle and unravel so many of those things that I just kept hidden because they were really painful and and really scary. So post-college has been amazing because now I get to live, a life that's honest as a bisexual man living my life. I get to, I don't know. I, I get to live my life and it's beautiful. I get to, I get to surround myself with people that I love that love me. And, um, and learning doesn't end after college. That's something I was really scared about. I, I took a million classes like Megan because partly some, a lot of them were, I weren't required for my major, but I just took them because I was like, I this is the only chance I'll ever get to get this training this cheap. <laughs> Which, yes, this cheap. That's yeah. not going to come around again. <laughs> but you got it. But I'm, I'm still in class literally every week to this day. I t- take it over Zoom. Like, I'm taking acting classes all the time. Like, I, like, I thought that that would end, and it hasn't. And, but, and now I get to really cater that to where my strengths are and where my interests are where I didn't do that as much in college which is exciting and liberating and empowering um yeah so life after college is humbling and empowering at the same time and freeing yeah it's it's so much There's, there's just there's just life is there's life after college it's like the real thing there's so much life after college and so much growth and opportunity that you know that in your head while you're still there, but it just didn't really click until afterwards. And you're like, oh. Do you also feel that, like, for so many years, especially in college, Broadway just felt so theoretical? Totally. And then you, like, get... The Muni was theoretical. And you're doing 
eight shows a week and you're like, oh, this is a job. Sometimes it's hard. <laughs> sometimes it's great. But it's always fun. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, these people, are, people on Broadway are just normal people and they mess up all the time. <laughs> yes. It's just a bunch of humans and trying yeah. our best. I feel like that was really crazy to like find out that like people I wrote papers about were like real people. <laughs> right. It's so surreal. It's weird. Yeah. It's yeah. Weird. And also, they've also died to like, fears. Also going to BYU where like there was a lot of things where you're like learning about yourself spiritually. I feel like I was like right there with you, Jake, where I was like learning about you and about myself and about what I believed in. I feel like a lot of like what's formed my view on life has come from just like being with you, me also being confused for you, but like mm-hmm. loving you and like being like I know that anything that comes from this, like, we can't leave the love out. And, like, it makes me feel emotional to think about, but, like... I know, I'm literally crying right now. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, I feel like there were so many times in college that were so hard because, like, things didn't make sense. Things that you thought for your life would be, like, this is how my life will be. And you're, like, realizing in the moment as you get older that, like, things will change and that that's scary to find out but then when you get to go and do it I mean I feel like it's even taken me like till now where there's still things that, like I do or say or don't do or say that are rooted somewhere that's not necessarily in myself yeah yeah <laughs> and absolutely. it's still taking years to like unlearn a lot of things that you're taught about <laughs> life in general and then you get to like rediscover those things and I think like some people find that out, like, during college is their first chance to, like, really go out and do that. And some people find that later in life. But, like, I feel like it's just been such, like, this crazy journey where, like, there were times with you, Jake, where I was just, like, I I don't know what I need to do except just be here because I don't even know the answer because I haven't really had to think about the answer to this problem. Right. But, like, I'm sitting here, like, watching how, like, how this is, like, tearing you apart. And, like, I just yeah. don't even know how to be anything but just, like, physically present. <laughs> Which, like, Kayla, you should know, my love language is not physically, physical presence. Physical touch. <laughs> so, physical touch. But I feel, like, I feel like Jake is one of my friends who's really pushed me to, like, grow to be a better person. In conclusion, that's how college is, that's how life is after college. Yes. Megan, well, yeah. <laughs> but I think the, the, the origin story of Megan and me is her holding me as I sobbed in college. Oh surrounding my closeted queer self and she just like and megan's not really a hugger but she is for like she she was I that for me you, Jacob. you okay, are that I for me i know you. i know you are and like like, she, like I, this is, I don't know how we got here this is like not what this we're podcast so is about so we're so emotional i just college okay i feel like we've like ragged on college a lot but here's the thing like uh oh, I'm literally gonna. I'm already crying. Like, if I didn't have college, I wouldn't have Megan. I wouldn't have people. I wouldn't have these experiences that, yes, were so hard, but were so formative. And right. even the ones that were painful were still formative. And I'm still learning from today. Like, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't be here in this moment had we not had the college experience that we had together, which is really beautiful and i'm and i and like so specific do you ever i always feel this analogy is that i feel like i am maria von trapp sometimes in my own life we're like she has such a weird journey to find the love of her life right 
Yeah. She's like, I'm going to be a nun and then I'm fall in love with this guy with seven kids. And like no one else could have done that besides her. And she was the right. only one that could do it. And she had to do it in the exact way that she did it. And like, there's so many parts of my life where like, why did I make any of these choices? But all of them have led me to this moment. And I like exactly. where I am. Yes, yes. That's the Okay, feeling. I just like literally got so many chills. Yes, I felt the spirits. Here on your podcast, Kayla, okay? I like the way I, where I am. Okay, okay, okay. That reminds me of what? Okay, I was. Uh, she didn't mean to ask us this deep of a question. You did not friend, mean to. And so, like. This is good. Uh, so, okay, so. There's this thing called Urban Campfire that is amazing that I'm just recently been in, like invited into that space. But I attended o- over Zoom recently, and it's like these like artists, musicians, loving people who are just like sharing with each other. And it's kind of the idea of like playing a guitar on a campfire, but it's okay. uh, Urban and like, holding awesome. candles. <laughs> exactly. So this person shared some poetry thoughts with us at the beginning to kind of open the space and one of the things they said their name is b they said in order to fully love yourself you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you in order to fully love yourself you cannot hate the experiences that shaped you she said that and i was like i think that's what we're talking about we're talking about this college means that like i loved there were parts that I hated. There were parts that were really painful. But I would not be here where I want to be with the person that I am, that I love, that I, tr- I truly love myself so much. I love so much that you love yourself, Jamie. I love You're that, so- too. Thank you. <laughs> I love it, too. <laughs> like, I didn't know. I- without those, all those, uh-oh. I think I just your, you ripped out your whole microphone. <laughs> you sure. got too excited, Jake. I got too excited. You guys have been using a really fancy, pretentious microphone this whole time because I think I'm better than everyone. Yeah, it definitely sounds worse now. <laughs> Are we back? Are we back? Yeah, we're yes. Back. <laughs> Are we sounding like a crooner, sexy person? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're back. I don't even know what I was saying except for amen, 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 I guess. <laughs> Jazz hands. I mean, first of all, Jake, I want to like climb out of the screen and give you a hug. Um, but the oh. second, <laughs> the second thought is like you guys are making me so hopeful because I I finished college with my bachelor's in November, so I'm like right there. Congratulations! Thank Congratulations. you. You're right there. I'm, That's so big. I'm so scared. Um, but you guys are making me so excited mm-hmm. to yeah, of I course know, you are. Go out there and try it. I guess. Try out and you the can real keep world. changing yes. the time. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's allowed to suck sometimes. Like, my first month, for six months, I, I moved to New York two days after graduation. Like, I did not oh, waste wow. any time. And the first six months-ish were really hard. It was really hard. It was a big adjustment. It wasn't this immediate, like, ha, ah, I'm graduated, now I'm self-actualized, and all of my mental and emotional things I've now resolved and I've got a job. No, it was like, it was freaking hard and I was busting my butt, but like, it's allowed to be that. Like, mm-hmm. like even if it sucks now, doesn't that, that's not always, that's not forever. Literally everything changes for, for better or for worse. It, it all will change. And I find that hopeful. Love that. 
Dean is wondering about your funniest on-stage mishaps, if there are any. Jake, did I never made a mistake. It's so weird. Did I didn't kind of drop the spoon in Mean Girls? Yes, 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 yes. Okay, Kayla, Kayla, so there's this one part in, in, the, in the Mean Girls play that they're at the, a frozen yogurt shop and they're, like, eating okay. frozen yogurt. Um, so it's, like, Karen, Gretchen, and Katie, and we're eating pretend frozen yogurt. I have the spoon. I drop the spoon on the ground. I'm like, ah. I go down and pick up the spoon. And I like, go to put it back in the fake frozen yogurt. But I'm like, realistically, if I drop my spoon on the ground, I, I wouldn't put it back in my yogurt. So then I look at the spoon. And all of a sudden, I'm like, it's been so quiet for so long. And I look up, and I'm like... <laughs> my line i have no idea what's happened i don't know what anyone has said i don't know where we are i don't know what i'm doing and they both danny and john are both staring at me and john literally hits me with their elbow and i'm just like what i've lost it and then john will then almost said my line then i basically go and then i say it because she says like the first two words that i remembered so then i did that But you know what? Oh, it's so funny. Again, because, Jake, I have one of these personalities, my thing was, like, that's so funny. I get to try again tomorrow. Absolutely. Also, everyone who's in the... They won't know. Everyone in the audience that night, or if they do, they're going to be so happy that they were there. Like, I was there the night that this happened. Now, it's like a badge of honor now. I mean, sometimes when I see mistakes in shows that I'm, like, pretty sure mistakes, like, 30% of me thinks maybe it was me and I just misunderstood. Right. You know I just went over my head. I wasn't smart enough for that joke. Right, right. Or one time, though, I did go to Hamilton, and I won't say who, but one of the actors missed his entrance for a rap battle, and that is a click track, and it went, and he was just like... Oh, that's a bit of such And a it's just like, boom, 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 boom. Like, there's no <laughs> indicators, but he came back in. He came back in, and he did it. I for him. Out. But he missed the entrance, and it was silent for, like, eight bars. And I was like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I oh, could no, never oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. And everyone on stage is just like, hmm. But he got back in. I don't know how he did it. I honestly don't he know how he did it. And it ended with That's music, so. incredibly impressive. It was That's very really impressive. impressive. And I was kind of happy to be at that show, you know? Because I got to see it. I was yeah. like, honestly, a professional. Because, a like, professional. some people admit, like, some people. I would say no one that we work with. But, like, if that happened to you when you are a kid, I might just, like, be like, Excuse me, God, can we start? Can we start over? Because it's not going to work. Let me see it. Can we? Yeah. Like, seriously. <laughs> um, what's, okay, what's here's, here's, here's mine. I thought of one. I was I was on for Aaron Samuels. I, I understudied that role. And Becca Peterson, uh, our best friend that we've mentioned a few times, she was on for Katie Heron. So we're playing opposite each other. Dream come true, first off. Like, just, <laughs> I was there. It, well, oh, it was amazing. And this really, really important scene happens where Katie texts Aaron telling him that Regina George is cheating on him, right? So the scene is, Katie's like, hey, did you get my text? And Aaron, me, was I was like, oh, no. So I pull out my phone and, like, in real time, read the text with Katie there. That's important because I need to know that plot Regina's point. cheating on me and blah, blah, blah. Big plot point. I, she goes, hey, did you get my text? It's just us two on stage. Pull the phone out of my back, back 
pocket. There I go with my mush mouth. Falls out of my hand, stumbles. I, I do like the clown, like, whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> falls to the ground. I go, apparently, I don't even remember this, but I went, whoopsies, <laughs> like super high. The phone breaks in half. <gasps> Like, like, um, like hot dog style, I guess you could say. I don't hot know. Dog Breaks style. in half. So I've got, I've got the front half and the back half. I pick it up and I'm like, and I put it together as fast as I can. Like, but like, I have to still read the text message. So like, but like, I put it together. Where, so where I, like the front of the phone was now, um, on like facing away from me. And I was looking at like the inside of the phone, like where like the, like the mechanics would <laughs> the be. Chips. And I just like read the text just pretended like it was i could my phone still worked because i was like i can't you can't i can't talk my way out of this i can't i have i just remember okay no i can't tell another one we've talked so too many i've done stuff like that before yeah please that wasn't old kind of me so kayla i don't know if you know this but every once in a while in a broadway show someone will call out in the middle of the show Okay, mm-hmm. yes, I'm familiar. Um, which I think is great because, like, look, when you're in high school, you'd be like, I have broken my foot, but the show must go on. <laughs> on yes. Broadway, you'd be like, I'm not I'm not damaging my body permanently for a Broadway show. Right. <laughs> which I'm right. like, that's how we should be living. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I don't remember the reason, but honestly, it might have been IBS related. Um, someone... <laughs> Our Regina had to call out the joke. That's what you called her, but I feel like she's very open about it, and she would love to talk to you about IBS. I mean, if you could get her on the podcast, I will gladly have her. <laughs> but, so she called out the show mid-show, which is like, it happens. Look, it happens. Multiple people in our company have done it. Uh, happen all the time in Wicked, too, so it happens. Um, so we... This is actually two stories in one. So I was getting ready for the Halloween scene, um, and so I'm like the only principal off stage. Everyone else is on stage doing the Halloween scene while I'm doing a, a quick change into that at this like cat outfit. The stage manager runs up to me and is like, the curtain is going to come down at the button of sexy, which is like the Halloween dance number. Um, we got to all the ensemble right before they went on stage, but John Lynn doesn't know who's playing Karen. So she's, this is her big solo, right? And they were just like, when her song ends, you just, just grab her okay and i was like okay great great and i'm also like frantic because i'm like is mariah okay like all this stuff and i'm like english like our standby is probably like frantically trying to like put on hair and makeup and do all this anyway and so the button of sexy happens i move it we have one second one second i go to like i go to like grab her the curtain's already down so the curtain's already halfway down. Like, I can see John. I can see it. And I'm like... She's in front of the curtain? She's, she's in front of the curtain. Oh, no. She's in front of the curtain because she's, like, posing, right? And then, like, the curtains are coming down, and it comes down so fast. And I literally am like, it's dangerous to get hit by that curtain. Of course, it's weighted yeah. at the bottom. So I didn't want to get hit by it. But I thought I'd have more... I thought they would let the applause, like, ring out or something. Yeah. What the... <laughs> oh, my Zero. God. And Jonathan turns around... Like screams, <laughs> tries to go under it, backs off, goes one way, pivot turns the other way, and runs off the stage screaming. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that was my fault. That was Wait, I, I was supposed to grab her, and I didn't." Okay, so then that happened, and then we get on stage, and so when this happens, 
something like write a line and because obviously the audience is like what is happening that's a new person why did the curtain come down they, we had like a 15 minute hole to get everything reset for the standby and when it comes out it's like oh the standby is literally eight inches shorter than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> um and so then like we do one line to like acknowledge it and then we move on so i since i was the first person that talked to regina i was supposed to say like oh you you look different in that costume because it was the oh first time we like see her in her like Halloween costume and the audience laughed and the, the standby knew the line was coming, but I said it and I think they laughed so hard and loud that she got very like sunk in place. Oh, and then it was just silent. And I was just like, Oh no, I, well, second time I've messed up this show. I, <laughs> I, I'm trying. And I, honestly, I can't even remember the next line. Like, I said this line, I don't even know what comes next. Like, we got this laugh, and now we're just staring at each other. That's it, and that's our show, folks. Thanks for coming. We all laughed. I felt so bad, because, like, I said it, and she just was like... (laughs) 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 Um, Anyway, so that happens sometimes. Just so you know, and Wicked, they don't acknowledge it, because no one even knows, because her skin is green. Fair. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) People, like, literally don't know. They make the announcement, but half the time people don't know this. Right. Well, they they do know this. (laughs) So, Jake, I actually have to tell you something. Yeah. So, my friend who asked this question um, actually texted me and was like, you know, I saw Mean Girls on Broadway, and he's like, I swear to God that it was Jake but the phone shattered in the middle of a scene. He's like, he's like, can you, can you ask him about it and see if he talks about it first, but don't prompt him. So I'm like... <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. I'm, I'm so, so glad he was there. Wait, I want to know what he thought. I don't think I talked to anybody in the audience to see what their perspective was. I was dying. It was so funny. I was also so mortified and so embarrassed. And I was like, my life is over, but also I'm laughing so hard. No, he thought it was funny. I'll text him and then I'll f- I'll Please. text you. Yes, he said, yes, tell it was me. Really funny. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear yeah. that. That's amazing. He was he was like, you have to get Jake to tell the story, but I don't want you to ask him directly. Oh my gosh, it was <laughs> it was it was so cra- it was like. We can't pretend anymore. Like this is everyone. This is a theater. It's not real life. Know we're out of play now. Right, and we all know that we've all been acting. These aren't real props. These are, it's, it's not a real phone, turns out. I hate to break the illusion, but I but I did. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I'm so happy to know that. That's hilarious. I'll definitely text you what he says because it was Please. pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, Zoom is about to kick us off for the third time of the <laughs> That's on us. That's on us. <laughs> We told too many stories because I'm pretty sure ADHD. No, we we love the stories. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that plus like we just like we love talking about ourselves. You so it's like that combo. Jake and I do like every time he helps me with a self tape, we start with like twenty minutes of friend talk, philosophy talk. Mm-hmm. You know, current events. Current events, the hot topics. Uh-huh. You gotta. I mean, hey, to. we could do that too. We could finish the podcast and hop back on for another 40 minutes. <laughs> Up to you guys. Well, do you have, do you, do, are there any more questions from, um, the, from the listeners? I have like two more from my friend Isabel and my friend Delaney. But they're yeah, like, let's hear them. They're like slightly deep, so I don't know if we want to like renew it again. 
or like do one and then let's see if we can do it in four minutes and 23 seconds okay yeah <laughs> um my friend delaney wants to know have you ever been starstruck yes a thousand times i am not cool in front of people i'm you know like, notoriously uncool i met my my husband rupert grant from harry potter once and when I oh say gosh, I ran around the building and I squat down and I screamed in the middle of the street and then walked that. away like nothing happened. I was in an elevator with Emma Watson. What? Hermione. Oh, yes. you. Oh my gosh. Like I, I was, it was, I was coming back from like a dermatology appointment and we got into the elevator together and we smiled at each other and I was, I literally got butterflies and I, I, I was like, I... I'm in, I'm in, I do love her, and I did, but I didn't know how much how much I loved her until that moment. I was like, I literally am in love with her. That's yeah. my that's that's who I love. I um really fangirled hard at the entire cast of Once on the Island Broadway. <sighs> Could not be cool. My again, my larynx, as we said earlier, was like up here. Was just like word vomiting. My face was hot. I just like went up to like uh, Isaac. Cole Powell and was just like, no, you're doing a really good job. It looked very handsome in the play, and you're very good singing. And I really enjoyed that. Pop will come again. <laughs> and he's just like, ma'am. Wow. They were so good. I that show was incredible. Which was so lame of me because, like, I was there because my friend that we went, I went with, was friends with Alex, and so like they're actual friends, and I was just a fan. but i also think that alex was probably the most talented person on this whole planet i was in standing room both times i saw the show or else i would have stood at the end of mama wolf ride both times you were already standing though i was already standing (laughs) so i couldn't start the standing ovation mid-show but i would have because it was absolutely incredible um i think it's a scam that he didn't get nominated and win a tony award for that performance agreed Incredible. I, um, I also fangirl David Henry Huang, who is a Asian American playwright. Mm-hmm. He was very weirded out by me. I could not be <laughs> cool. I told him I wrote a paper about him in college, and he was just like, "That makes me feel old." And I was like, "Sorry, sorry." sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have this great photo of my mom. Uh, her and I went to go see Hot Priest Andrew Scott in a play in London two summers ago. And yes. I have, like, uh, the live photo um, from, like, the iPhones of her turning back towards me after she gets his autograph. And, like, the look of pure joy on her face is the cutest thing I've ever seen. I love that. It's so good. Oh. It's so good. That's amazing. Okay. And girls one time. <laughs> I watched her do that. Yeah, he was there. He saw it. It was weird. I watched it. It was funny. He couldn't like, hear what she... He was like, what? What? He couldn't hear me at all. It was, it was so very awkward. loud in that bar. I couldn't be normal. <laughs> oh, my... <laughs> yeah. Okay, should I renew the Zoom one more time? Yeah. For the last question? Yes. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right. I am okay. here. <laughs> We're now back. I'm in different positions on my computer because Jake got here first. Uh-huh. <laughs> It's the same for me. All right. Are we ready for the last question? Yes. Give it to us. All right. My friend Isabel wants to know what inspired you both to start acting in the first place. Love this cue. Love it. <laughs> Do you want to go first, Jacob? Sure. Um, mine is two-part. It, so when I was growing up, 
my one of my best friends, Eric Sackett. He and his whole family, um, they're actors, and from and they grew up around the corner from me. And so I grew up going to the local theater's production of A Christmas Carol. And my friend Eric was playing playing Tiny Tim when we were like six or something. <laughs> and I remember going and just sobbing when Tiny Tim died. And Jake sobbed like, at every play, though, so. Yeah, that's like not a big thing. But that was the first time I remember sobbing from a piece of theater. And I was so moved. And that's when, like, it was planted. I was like, that's, I want to one day be a part of that. But I didn't do it for years. I was, I was 12 before I did a show. And my older sister, Jessica, she also did, was acted all growing up. So I watched her and I watched my buddy, Eric, and they were who inspired me to do to really get involved. And they were the reasons I wanted, I wanted to, I really wanted to feel big feelings. That was my big draw. It's like not the reason I'm an actor anymore, but like initially I just, I wanted to feel things deeply <laughs> and be allowed to do that and to help and not help like make others feel that i was like i want to make others cry and i want to cry in front of them weird right it but loves I, crying in front of people it's so weird crying but directly into megan's I, eyeball I li- <laughs> do my eyeball and that's what has it's all part of the journey man it's all part of the journey and i literally cried tonight in front of you two so like calm down swain <laughs> i've got an aesthetic and i gotta stick to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anyway that was that was what got me into it initially I wanted to be a pop star when I was little. Like, I was obsessed with Britney Spears and the Spice Girls. And, uh, like, my dad had this, like, old cassette tape thing that he, like, set up with, like, an old microphone. And I could record myself on a cassette tape singing. <laughs> like, he did this for me in kindergarten. My Wait, dad do, is those, most- do those exist still, the cassette tapes of you? Oh, I just, I had one tape, and I re-recorded over and over. Oh, that's I don't so know. sad. Yeah. I know. Is that so funny? Because I'm such a freak, and also, you already know this about me. I have so much confidence. I just wanted, <laughs> I sang into it, and then would just listen to it. Just for yourself. <laughs> just for myself. Um, and I, I feel like my, my dad, my dad's a musician, and uh, sang in a band, and played plays instruments and stuff, and so he was, like, happy to, like, nurture this in me. Um... But, like, as a little kid, you it's like, how do I become a pop star when I'm in kindergarten? Like, what do I do to, like, train to become a pop star? Like, it's just very unclear to me. And so I it didn't occur to me until I went to go see CMT's production of The Music Man. Pretty sure Ryan Vasquez was Harold Hill. All right. Pretty positive. <laughs> Pretty sure there was an 11-year-old Ryan Vasquez playing the lead of Music Man. Anyway, but a family friend was in the show, and so we went to go see it, and I was like, these kids are singing on a stage with an audience? People are watching them? <laughs> People pay money to watch kids sing? <laughs> this is my ticket in. This is my way to get stage time. I was an incredible ham. I would always sing at the top of the stairs during Christmas parties. No one was listening. My favorite go-to was Away in a Manger. Um, my my cousin was also a good singer and her and I would just like sing every time we would play together when we were little and my grandma told us that she wanted us to sing Amazing Grace at her funeral so we started rehearsing immediately oh my um, god <laughs> which then like, but then like tw- 20 years later we actually did end up singing my grandmother is Buddhist by the way we sang Amazing Grace at her funeral 
if you wanted. Me and my two cousins, we, my other, my older cousin, Nikki, she's also a good singer, and so we added her into it, but Becca and I were, were really practicing that starting when we were, like, seven. That's actually anyway. pretty beautiful that you guys got to actually do that. Yeah, yeah it was cute. really emotional, but, um, wow. all that to say, I saw that this is how kids begin an audience, how you could sing in front of people without being a pop star at 12. Um, and so I auditioned for Guys and Dolls, as I said, and I didn't get to sing a solo. I was very devastated because I had watched the movie in preparation like a thousand times. I was like, I am Miss Adelaide. It would be hilarious. I I can sing this so good. And they said, no, no, you can't. Um, and then I was like, I could be Dorothy and the Wiz. I can't actually hit the notes, but give me a chance. Okay. No, no. I can hit the notes for Eveline. Make me Eveline. I was really like, I wanted Eveline because I honestly couldn't hit the notes for Dorothy. Right. <laughs> uh, and they were also like, no. But I was like, if I keep doing this, surely at some point someone will give me a solo. <laughs> right? Like, I, just knew, I just knew if I kept at it that I would I, I think I also felt like, I don't think my auditions are good enough. I, I, I understand why I didn't get it, because I feel like I, I get nervous. Or I need to keep practicing, because I think if I just got a good audition, someone's going to let me sing. Uh, and then my middle school drama teacher did let me sing. I think I also sang, um, I may have also sang When You're a Jet for auditioning for Sleeping Beauty. I think I did do that, actually. <laughs> why not? And I got Sleeping Beauty, and I got to sing solos. Uh, and then, you know, from there on, I, I think I wasn't as confident necessarily that I could do this professionally when I was younger because everyone's like, that's completely ridiculous. Like no one becomes an actor. You can't right. make any money, you can't make a living. Absolutely. And so I kind of was just like, I don't want to try because I don't want to fail. And then I saw it in the Heights on Broadway and I had that feeling where I was literally, I went into the theater with one point of view on the world and I left the theater with a different point of view on the world and I was like I actually feel like a different person and if theater could do that for me when I feel so sad and so dark and so like listless in life right now like I I was in a really bad place and I just left the theater being like I think I can do it (laughs) I think I can do this the show I don't know I didn't know anything about it I didn't know I don't know Spanish I don't know who these people are I don't know anything about about Washington Heights I all of that was foreign to me but like the story was so human that I was just like, oh, I have to do this. I have to tell stories like this because that's amazing. Like this is incredible. Like I, I, I don't think I could have gotten that from a movie or from anything else besides this exact moment. So that and I was like, I'm screw it. I'm just gonna do it. You want to tell me I shouldn't be an actor? Well, well, guess what? I'm gonna be a stage actor. <laughs> I'm gonna be a pop star. Ooh, baby, I'm gonna, where all the I'm gonna, money I'm gonna, is. Musical theater. I have a degree in musical theater, baby. <laughs> right. I wasn't brave enough to really commit to this until I was in my 20s. The whole, I, all the years before that, I was like, yeah, but I got to be a dad and provide. I, I got to, I still want to be a dad. I'm still <laughs> going to be a dad. But I, I was like. provide with your Broadway salary. And I am. But like, I was like, and I was just told so time and time again, like, you can't, it just doesn't work. It will not work. So I, it took me until in my 20s before I was like. No, nah, this is the right choice. Like this is this is the path for me. I've never regretted it a single day. That's great. Yeah. Wow, it's, me neither. It's the best <laughs> job in the whole world. Even yeah. when you're not working, I still love it. It's a good one. I mean, the okay, first time fun like, like this with you, Kayla. Do what? Yeah, we talked about ourselves for over two hours. 
Yes, come back, please. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw a theater show was to go see you, Megan, in Miss Saigon with Ryan Vasquez, because my grandma took me and was like, you have to see Megan, she's your cousin, like, we're gonna go see oh this. Gosh. In Miss Saigon? Yeah. Oh I, my gosh. I don't, I don't remember a ton of it because I think I was like yeah. six, but <laughs> I thought it was very good. Um, you know what's funny about that is uh, I saw Miss Saigon when they did it the first time, like seven years before. So probably when I was like in eighth grade, seventh grade, probably. Um, and I remember thinking like, I was, I, I, I recounted this recently because CMT had like a whole meeting about racial justice and how they can be better. And like, there's some things that I think back in the day used to be okay. As far as casting goes that we just like really can't be okay with anymore, even at a, a educational level or a community theater level, as far as like playing other races, like we just shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. You know, like, like you either need to have the people to do the show or you need to pay their show. <laughs> anyway, but back in the day, we didn't know that. Um, and so I was talking with somebody alum in this big zoom meeting and like, uh, it just so happens that, like, when I saw Miss Saigon, I saw an Asian Kim, and there was two casts, and the other Kim was white. And I just think back to, like, how informative that theatrical experience was for me, because I was like, wow, that girl looks like me, and she's leading the show, and she's incredible. And I don't even think it was necessarily that I was like, this is an Asian show. I just, like, saw someone killing it, like, doing, like, singing incredibly, who looked like me, that was amazing, who's acting. I was, I think I probably cried at this. <laughs> Like, I think it was one of the big first like big dramatic things I'd ever seen, um, and I just wonder like if I if I would have turned out different if I had not seen someone that looked like me, mm. you know? Yeah. And that was just purely by chance. Like that just happened to be the ticket we bought, the show we bought tickets to happened to be that cast. You didn't see the white Kim. I didn't see white Kim, um, and then right. when I got to do it, you know, on the next time they did it, like it was really. Um, empowering to be like I'd never actually played a lead at CMT before then <laughs> you know and so in some ways I feel like uh I was like wow this is really my my big shot and then I think I realized too that like I was good enough the whole time to, to play a lead um and I think that's something that also CMT is reckoning with about like um you know maybe I had bad auditions though so who knows who knows that's beyond the point. But I think that, like, that was really empowering for me to be, like, I can lead a show. I can be the last person bound. I can sing all the songs. I can do it for two weekends. <laughs> but I think it was the right. first time that I had such, like, a huge monster of a role. And then I went... That's oh. a monster role. Oh, yeah. And then tell them do it in high school. It's huge. really weird. Weird choice for high school in general. But they're always about pushing the boundaries that good old CMT. Absolutely. Also, Jake, you should know that Ryan Vasquez did not play Chris. He played the engineer. That's very confusing for everyone. Oh, that 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 changes the in, what? It, changes, it, 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 it honestly, I I I should bring it up to him sometime where we can actually talk about it. But like, I'm sure I'm sure he has deep shame about this now, obviously. But like, sure. I think at the time too, everyone was just like, "What?" Well, you remember the person who won the Tony Award for that was a white man, Jonathan Price. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. engineer. So right, like, so like it didn't seem like a big deal at the time. I mean, he was an incredible engineer, but it's like he could literally play Chris on Broadway like tomorrow. <laughs> he is a Chris. He is so absolutely Chris. Crazy. <laughs> I just feel that like we didn't have anyone 
that had the breadth of talent that he had, and they had people that could be great. But the engineer right, is like right, right. funny and an amazing singer, and has to move, and like is a is just like a character, and, and you know Ryan Bassett can do it all. He could do it all. If Ryan, if you're listening, you did great. I'm I'm hopeful. We love you, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, please come on my podcast. But someday, I mean, I don't really want to do this again again. But if I did, I would definitely, I would definitely play opposite you, Ryan. That would be great. Yes, we love to see. And I would it. watch. And you would be there. Jake would be crying. I'll watch. Absolutely, too. I'd be crying. Kayla, would you Absolutely. be crying? Kayla and I'll be there. Probably. I don't remember the I'm, show that much, but I'm sure. Uh, I'm down, sure I'll go. Sure. I'm sure I'll cry with Jake, and I'll I will remember it this time. Okay, one time. Can't wait. All right. This podcast can be over whenever you want, but one time I had to sit across from Jake at like a, a student performance, like a student project of West Side Story, and they did like a three quarter thrust. So there was like audience on three three parts of it, and I was sitting directly across from Jake Swain. You said you had to sit across from Jake. I uh, didn't have to. I just happened to. <laughs> had to oh. do it, I guess, because then I had to watch this show with Jake just weeping, audibly and visibly weeping, and just like. All the lights are on. Like, student 40-minute production of West Side Story. And I was like, this is ridiculous. They're not that good, Jake. <laughs> I was so they moved. Were they were pretty good. They were pretty good. Jake was, I honestly good. sat there just, like, watched Jake the whole time. I was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> Although, I, sucks, I, remember, I was like, in a bad, mean mood for, like, majority of college. <laughs> Well, it's so annoying because I know that, like, some I, I, I have been the person that's been like, hey, audience member. Calm down. It's not about you, actually. It's about the people up there. <laughs> I, I'm trying to watch right now, and you're making it about you. And, like, so like, I've been the person who's bugged by the loud cry or loud laugh or whatever, but I've been the loud cry or loud laugh for way more times. I'm going to tell you the I, first reason why I was attracted to you, Jake, it. was because you laughed really loudly at my joke. We so were in a, we an improv class, and I said a joke, and Jake mm-hmm. laughed really hard, and I said, one of my friends? Oh. <laughs> I said, yes. <laughs> She's like, I, I'm always looking for more fans, and I said, yeah, I'm looking for people to laugh at my joke. I'm always fan over somebody. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. So I, need, I need a Jake in my life. I need someone to laugh at my jokes, hype me up. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you need a hype man. Jake is a hype man. Jake, okay? be my hype, hype man. man. Absolutely. Kayla, you're amazing. And my cool guy dancer. You're doing a podcast? Come on. Kill it. <laughs> you just graduated college. Let's go. You did college. It was so hard. It is. It was so hard, hard and you did it. <laughs> did we do it? I think we've done it. Oh my gosh, we answered all the questions. There was only like four questions and somehow it's not <laughs> No one could say we didn't give it our all. No one can Correct. say we don't like to talk. No one, no one can say that. If they say that, <laughs> no one has ever fight. once in their whole life ever said that about me. <laughs> Sometimes. Oh, the quiet girl. No. <laughs> Megan can talk to a wall. Absolutely. That's and have a great time. <laughs> I, on the other hand, sometimes I'm with people. I'm like, oh, maybe I am boring. Honestly, sometimes I'm like, combo. I've steamrolled over every person in this room. They, I don't know anything about them. <laughs> and that's, that's when I'm like, I have to reel in because I'm like, Megan, you have to let others participate. <laughs> I know they said I'm corn and that made you think of a story, but you need to hold that. <laughs> and then you can tell.
why your corn is going. Oh my god. <laughs> Speaking of which, I found these candles online that are literally shaped like corns that I found what? after because I got an ad for a stool that was shaped like a corn. Did you buy both? I want the the corn stool was like three hundred dollars. Oh, the corn candles were twelve dollars, but then like ten dollars shipping. So, uh, mm. does it smell like corn? I don't know if no, I want a candle that smells like corn. It looks like a corn. Okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I just picked corn. See, this is why I'm good at improv. Give me any topic. <laughs> you any got topic. something up to say about it. <laughs> yeah. Improv was a weird time. Let me check that. Yeah. I'm back. Kayla, this was so fun. It was so, fun, was so fun hanging out with you. Yes, thank you so much for coming. I hope, you have any, I hope you have something usable. I hope you don't spend, well, you're going to have to spend at least two hours listening to it. Uh, yeah. So, so that's, we, it, we, went, we, we went off the rails. We were, were we ever, I'm not sure if we were on rails. There were no rails. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I mean, at the end um, of the day, I, I get to listen to this clip of Megan Masako Haley saying pee-pee poo-poo. <laughs> Just on, you know, on <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I forget my real connection to you, Kayla, is that um, Tara was my babysitter. You know, she will be listening. Oh my gosh, she's gonna hear me say people. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, many Tara's times my now too. Babysitter. She had really pretty hair. Love and that. That's I knew about my cousin Tara that would babysit me. Also, she wrote me a postcard once when I was little, and I memorized it. To pretend that I could read it, That's I had my mom funny. reading it a thousand times that I could hold it and then just like say what it said. To pretend that I could was that your first experience with acting, Megan? Yes, probably because she also worked at Disneyland. She which did was work at Disneyland. My coolest job in the whole world. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure she sent me a postcard from Disneyland. Oh, that's so cool. And so I was like, oh, my, my babysitter is very cool. She's a teacher now. She teaches. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. I honestly haven't talked to her in so long. She was supposed to see Wicked when I was in, on the tour with Wicked, and I literally got laryngitis. It wasn't the show. Oh, no. I never saw her. Dang, we were all going to come out for Mean Girls. We had, like, a whole group chat going. We're like, we're all going to come see Megan in this location on this day i know so not sorry. anymore <laughs> so sorry maybe when you start up again if you guys come to austin i will be the first one there yes you know how much i want to go to austin you know how we feel about austin Kayla. we love austin, come to austin. i've, I've still never been to austin okay oh, you must. i feel like you're gonna see it and you're gonna be like this is my place it's I'm amazing excited. see i've never been to austin and i've never been to a bar Okay, well, okay. Thing. you just go down that main drag someday. <laughs> they have bars and, well, I guess now they're open, but don't go now. I'm not going that right now. The main drag, like, the bars and the music at night, like, every bar has live music. I don't yes. drink. And we, did, did I do that the first time I went or the second time I went, where we just, like, walked down the street and, like, listened yeah, we, to Yeah, that was, I was, a, that I, was yeah, me. that was me. I went yeah. twice. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. I took Mark later. Yeah, not even drinking, just listening to, just like, listen to every it's amazing. It There's so good live music amazing. here. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So I hope yeah. that you love Austin and that you make it your permanent home someday, because then I'll <laughs> My end goal is London, so so we'll have to see. I'm also London. Okay. Is that because of your husband? Your husband's work in London? Initially, <laughs> it was, when I was nine. Um, now it's like, I just... I feel like I'm meant to be out there. 
it's kind of like when you saw Broadway and you got that feeling. Like, I went for a vacation and we were just walking around, not even doing tourist things. I'm like, I could do this every day for the rest of my life. Like, vibing. That's yes. I love that. Like, let yeah, me... Yeah, live where you want to live. Let me be also, that person. Also, can I tell you, like, years ago, whenever you first DM Jake and you said that you were my cousin, he was like, your cousin Kayla Grint. And I was like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Ah, uh, Rupert Grant. <laughs> so just because of your handle, and I was like, I do not have a cousin named Kayla Grant. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, at, at this like, point, I was like, oh. I have had this handle for so long. It was my Tumblr handle first. I am I too it. proud to change it. You shouldn't. Keep it. Never change it. My, like, future employers are going to be like, so are you lying about your identity? I'll be like, no, mm-hmm. that's my that's my husband, obviously. Yeah. Get ah, with yes. it. You don't ever speak <laughs> to me or my husband ever again. How dare you insult <laughs> me like that? <laughs> I love that. Okay, do so we need to do any, like, sign-offs? I'd be like, thanks for coming to the show, folks. <laughs> yes, Bye. yeah. You could totally do a cool sign-off. Okay, Jake, one, two, three. Thank you, thank you for coming to the show. We love you. So. That's our sign-off. Jake, do you still have your carrot and your celery? No. Every time we signed off, I would shove it into my... I was going to say, you want to give us some ASMR? (laughs) I wish. I only have have a grape left. A grape. That's not good for ASMR. Oh, whoa, that was good. That was a crunchy grape. (laughs) It was a very country grape. That's, that's all, folks. Adi, 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 adi. That's all, folks. It was nice Bye. meeting you, Jake. Bye. You too. Bye, Kayla. Bye, Megan. Bye. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the two-part podcast episode. This was probably my favorite episode to record. Megan and Jake, the biggest thank you for coming onto the show and just hanging out with me for several hours. It was really fun, and I would love to have you back on again sometime. Um, If you guys are interested in hearing more stuff like this, uh, let me know, and be sure to tune in to future episodes.